Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to chat all things Chicago Red Stars, and that includes another Olympic-esque episode. The United States Women's National Team uh, defeat Australia 4-3 and go home with the bronze medal. So we're going to chat a bit about that, and we are going to recap Chicago's 3-1 victory over Washington Spirit and look ahead a little bit and preview Orlando Pride coming up. So that's a lot to get through. And no one can do anything alone. I know I couldn't do this alone, quite literally. So I'm joined today by my friend, Omi and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the scam originator. Claire, how are you feeling today? Better than I was last week. I can tell <sighs> you that much. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm feeling really good, actually. I, uh, I we were just chatting a little bit before we got on and, and, you know, I, it was that like second week of the Olympic tournament that I was just like really struggling with. I think it was early on, like in the group stage, I did have a desire to watch some of that stuff live and that did not work great for me because I work evenings. So like it, it just wasn't working. And then at some point I gave myself like (laughs) the, the, I, I allowed myself to just be like, I can't, I can't do this. And so I stopped watching them live and that was a good change for me. And then, yeah, I mean, I woke up after they lost that semifinal, like a million pounds lighter. So I feel good. I, this is, we're recording this right after the bronze medal game. That was a fun, wacky game. Yes, it was Casey Kruger, Tierna Davidson, Julie Ertz, Alyssa Nair are all first time Olympic medalists. Congrats. congrats to all of them and uh yeah i mean let's let's talk about it a little bit yeah i uh you know we've been we've been hitting everybody up with with olympic coverage in all areas of uh of the internet and um it's been quite the journey it's been quite the tournament um your girl is uh tired as fuck boy and uh can't wait to maybe get some different type of a uh, sleep schedule back in the mix. But um, in between all that, the soccer was interesting question mark. There was a lot of things going on in this Olympic match. And we touched on some of the cool Chicago red star specific things that were happening in our last podcast episode, because there were some really cool Chicago red stars things that were happening. And there's been some developments uh, on that side as well, um, along with having some decent tournaments and now being bronze medalist, uh, Alyssa Nair has <laughs> hyperextended her knee. Uh, but also like in a way like thank god right it was yeah it also was like a very like best case scenario quite frankly um when they gave the uh player update uh it it literally was just that it was just like a hyperextended knee there was no ligament damage um so it's just of course very painful um so she is just out uh, was out for the uh bronze medal match and uh was going to be probably out for the foreseeable future so uh shout out to her and her olympic games um she had a huge huge uh quarterfinal match there for the team and uh it was really good to see tuna davidson start really racking up some starts uh for that national team and uh julie Ertz, uh somehow julie Ertzing her way uh, through this olympics uh with an mcl spring in some capacity. So uh, it's been a lot. And it was nice to see the the debut, the Olympic debut of uh, Casey Kruger as well. So yeah, they're eventually yeah. going to get those bronze medals, uh, bronze medals. I'm sure there's going to be some celebrations back home. And that's very exciting. But in terms of this Olympic Games, I mean, a huge, huge thing about it. I know, I know for us too, because, you know, Claire, we, we specifically haven't like shied away from that, this kind of stuff when we have talked about any type of soccer, quite frankly, taking place you know, during the pandemic, right. um, that's, it's been something that's like constantly been in the, in the front of our minds. Um, it's quite frankly shaped the way we like do some content here, uh, at Southside Trap. Um, and I think I want to like transition us into like talking about like feelings about this kind of thing, because you posted up a really great piece for our patrons, um, talking about and highlighting some of this kind of stuff and maybe mirroring uh, some Chicago restaurants vibes and challenge yeah. cup vibes. And, um, quite frankly, our patrons, like, I think they like resonated with them. And I thought that like, we should chat about it a little bit here. 
Yeah, I mean, I it, it's kind of funny because, you know, Sandra and I do this every week and we talk about the Chicago Red Stars, but our Olympics coverage has been quite separated from one another. So this is like our chance to like hop on and, and talk to each other about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think for the whole Olympics, and I think maybe especially in the US, we weren't emotionally ready for this because we have seen some things open back up so far, you know, like this summer and stuff, but we went right back into bubble soccer, you know, and right back into bubble sports. And it definitely, for me, when I was talking about really emotionally struggling with some of this stuff, I think it was, and this is a heavy word, but I do think it triggered some feelings that I had about the 2020 challenge cup. And I, my main takeaway from that tournament was not like, oh my gosh, how great is it that we were able to do this? And what a wonderful set of games and everybody felt great about it and all that sort of stuff. My thought was like, that was awful. (laughs) You know, Um, you know, kudos to everybody for pulling it off, but, but that was very emotionally tough. And we heard that from the red stars consistently as well. And when you see a team like the U S and this is, again, it's all projecting. We don't know what happened the same way. We still don't really know what happened in Utah, but you see a team show up and look like they don't want to be there. And that reminded me a lot of what we saw in Utah sometimes. And so I wrote about it. Yeah. I wrote about how we, I think everyone was a little bit naive to think that like both external and internal pressures wouldn't get to the U S because yes, everybody had to deal with quarantine and everybody had to deal with the pandemic, all of the countries. Right. But none of them were the gold medal favorites. None of them were the world champions. None of them were a squad with many players probably playing in their last Olympic games, all that sort of stuff. And maybe the coaching staff was also a little bit naive to that. And the players, you know, you don't know that you're struggling until it starts happening. Right. And then you, you don't always have the power to pull yourselves out of it. And all of that just reminded me of Chicago's journey to the challenge cup final where they're good, right. They're a good team. And like through their own sort of innate quality, they advanced, right. They advanced into the medal rounds but there's a limitation to kind of where that can carry you. And you're probably never going to be able to surmount the other team that is just less weighed down, you know? And like, that was just my number one reminder was like, so Sandra, who won, who won the 2020 challenge cup? Houston dash, the Houston fucking dash. (laughs) What else do people want? It's just, it's what it is. It just is what it is. And so there, there might be a similar reaction to this. Yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, Canada is the Houston dash. We know this <laughs> <laughs> literally and figuratively. Right. And so it, it is just one of those things where I, I joke that it's like, you know, that scene from arrested development where you see a bag and it's got 2020 challenge cup written on it. And then it's scratched out and it says 2020 Olympics and you open it and you're like, well, I don't really know what I expected. Like yeah. it just kind of, kind of is what it is. And and so I, and I also laughed that the U S kind of looked like the Chicago red stars, both in, in personnel and in sort of form in this tournament where uh, they couldn't score. Yep. <laughs> um, the big game that they lost was because Julie Ertz was pressed from a defensive position and she wasn't able to distribute again. I don't know. Maybe they watched literally, maybe they watched tape on that challenge cup game, but um mm-hmm. And they kind of went as far as they could until they couldn't anymore. And so I just think that it's been funny to watch as someone who covers the Chicago Red Stars, a lot of people really freak out at a team performing like that, despite the fact that the team that we cover has been performing like that for years and they're pretty good. Yeah. I think it's like this weird, um, and this is maybe like a mess of compare comparison to admit, but I, it, it's the only one I got, but there's almost like, uh, there's like, you hear all the time. If you go here, you hear all the time, how there's like two types of Chicago, there's two different Chicago's. And it's like, when you're watching this national team performing in very big international tournaments of the two that are the world cup and Olympics, all of a sudden it's like, there's very much like two kinds of like fandoms who are watching this it's like casual fans like fans who are just watching big time tournaments for the first time and and people have just sort of been around kind of understand and like there are people who are uh who are thrown for a whirlwind and do not know how to react 
when they are presented with chaos. And then there's those of us who simply thrive in it. So it's just like, it was, it was weird. Like, yeah, of course there was like awkward kickoff, like early as hell, like kickoff times and like things that we were putting our bodies through, you know, like stateside and like watching and doing coverage and stuff like that. But in terms of like, um, the soccer we were seeing or the unfamiliar soccer that this team was presenting viewers with or media people covering it um, maybe wasn't necessarily something that was throwing us for a loop, even though it's like, we just had to try to cover it. And there we were just like saying to ourselves, well, yeah, it's like, we've sort of done this before, maybe just with like a very, very specific team. And in our case, it's the Red Stars. Um, and in other cases, it's it's it was the NWSL as a whole for others. So there was just like certain levels of like, there's certain levels like of post tournament questions where like, what does it all mean isms that comes into play uh, sometimes. And what it means is that the United States women's national team literally won a bronze medal. Yep. And that's what it means. And they won it in a postponed Olympic games during a pandemic um, that they and many others worked very hard to prepare for. And they definitely uh, achieved greater than their 2016 Olympic games. Congratulations to them. That is the end. (laughs) Like that is what what I mean. Well, and it's also like, and we know this and we're, I mean, we're, this is all a little bit inside baseball or whatever, but the thing that Sandra and I have have come across, even just covering the Red Stars this season, is that you have to be more curious, more analytical, calmer, and more committed when a team looks kind of weird. Like you can't winning winning solves all because winning you're like every they were right, everything they do is right. It's very easy just to kind of like check that off, check that box off, and say everything's great. And I don't have to think further about this because they won. But when you're given something a little bit less definitive, you have to up your game. And I think that you saw some fans included, like some fans and some media really be like, okay, let's be very curious about this. Let's figure out what might be happening. And then you saw some people uh, be very demanding in a way. And I think that that's not something that I personally relate to a lot. And um, this, yeah, I think that, first of all, you can't expect a team to win all the time anyway. And certainly in these circumstances and like, I don't know, they carried a lot of really old players on this roster. Yep. It went fine. And it's not going to look like that like tomorrow. So (laughs) takeaways are that Tierna Davidson is God and, you know, and, and that's about it, you know? Alyssa Nair can carry the literal world on her shoulders yeah. and it's fine. And then they belong to Chicago and then yeah. everything, everything is wonderful. Um, shout out to everybody who were like hanging out for these Olympics. Um, we got mad love for you, but honestly, Claire, I know that for me, and I'm sure for you too, like when we were like seeing the numbers for people watching this game, um, Y'all are insane in a good way, I guess, um, because that is uh, some real, real dedication uh, to getting up to some early hours to to support uh, that national team. So uh, with that, again, we'll just close with a big old hearty congratulations on winning a bronze medal. Uh, was not easy to do. Uh, we saw how not easy that was. Uh, and also, like by extension, want to congratulate uh, Vlako Andonovsky because he's also yeah. been given a lot of shit uh, during yeah, uh, like this Olympics. Like, and yeah. uh, quite frankly, it was always going to be a very difficult tournament because for whatever reason, like the Olympics are always crazy, dramatically, somehow way more difficult than the World Cup. I don't know if it's because it's like less teams or, you know, smaller amounts of co- like co- countries participating and it's like yeah. an even quicker turnaround right, between right. games talking all the way through your group stage into knockout rounds so it's like it's always like way more rough um so this this tournament was always going to be uh pretty pretty challenging um but I like to see the local guy win and by local guy I mean the NWSL coach who used to coach in this league for a long time uh find success so shout out to him for uh taking the roster that he took um 
that's a lot of big personalities yep. to have in one space in a bubble for 40 some days. Yeah. And uh, they're coming out with a bronze medal and uh, congratulations to them. All. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I am an, I'm an eternal optimist. Everybody sees the talent that's coming up. The future's brighter oh, yeah. than the past. Like it just oh, really gosh. is. And so, you know, people were, people are dunking on that today show tweet today of like the end of a golden era. And I, I, my thought was just like, I think people from the outside see the U S carrying a, an old roster and think that there's nobody else. Yeah. But they're wrong. That this was a choice. Oh, wrong. This was a oh, choice. Wrong. And yeah. so you can argue whether or not that choice was correct, but I think that Vlad Andonovsky was given a team that was not his and he did the best that he could possibly. And I, I don't mean that he wasn't in control of the roster, but I mean, like, there were other considerations there that he weighed and made his choices, right? But, uh, yeah, I just don't think that this is going to affect what happens next all that much. So. I really don't. And I'll be uh, looking forward uh, to seeing it because, you know, you don't often see, like, a huge, huge turnaround, you know, for within these cycles. It's contrary to popular belief where, where people like to throw around a lot of words like yeah. turnover and, and hit the reset button. Like, you're not going to hit – you're not going to turn over nothing and, and reset shit, man. Like, right. you're just not. Like, that's just facts. Uh, the fact of the matter is is that – The midfield's 18- not going to change at all. Like Yeah. The know. fact of the matter is, like, 16 to 18 months isn't exactly a super long time to prepare for a World Cup, let alone for a World Cup in a pandemic. Right. Still going on, y'all. Like, we don't know what's going to happen um and uh it's too easy to just say let me fire this coach and bring someone else new who can also just do a bad job quite frankly so it's just like you just never know so it's like just uh allow the process to continue doing what it's doing uh because i'm very excited about the next wave of players coming in the thing i also like about them getting third is like my thought on it is this is I think there are some people who are feeling very emotional about the end of this particular era of the U.S. Women's National Team. And I think there are some people who are like, get them out of here. Let's yeah. move on, yeah. you know? And so I feel like this works for everybody in a way because you didn't, if you have a, if you have people who are like, I'm really ready to move on from this. We need new personalities. We need a different vibe. We need something else here. Uh, them getting third is about right. And if you have people who are like, oh, I really want this team to go out with a win. They did. Yeah. So it kind of works out for both sides. And I think that that's fair. And I think that, uh, both sides are valid and true. So, um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the NWSL season to be completely honest. Right on. Speaking of wins, my dude, let's transition. We got to win another one to recap for the Chicago red stars, because if you're listening to this, you absolutely come here for red stars content. So the Chicago red stars are coming off of a three, one win over Washington spirit took place last week. Uh, it was a delightful kind of game, quite frankly, uh, just to set the scene a little bit for everybody. Uh, the rest of us were back at home. It was a, another home game for them. Um, this was during the, what was the ongoing Olympics. Um, my zombie head showed up to the game. Cause I was like, I need to watch the red stars, man. I need to watch a game. That's not Olympics and it was dope to be there. And, uh, there were like some very interesting, like internet issues happening. There were, yeah. <laughs> there was like some, we very, were just kind of chilling most. Yeah, there was yeah. some very fun, like Wi-Fi problems yeah. happening, just like kind of interfering with like our jobs to cover the Chicago red stars. Um, so very much was just like, it was homies hanging out with homies and we literally were, uh, watching a game it was uh, quite quite delightful so uh within that it, it was also a win that that we got to um to recap and it, i think some of the stuff going into this particular match was we knew that this was going to be the third final time that chicago was going to go head to head with washington um going to close out the regular season uh potentially be a big result as the table kind of enters this second half of the season kind of post Olympics. And this was going to be potentially a final game for both of these teams as they start to move forward and maybe slowly start to integrate some of those international players back into the mix. So whether it's like the Washington side of things where they're, they're missing, you know, Rodar and, and O'Hara and, and Sonnet, 
they might slowly start to work some of those players back in. Maybe like Sonnet faster than some other players, you know, maybe Kruger for the Red Stars faster than some other players, you know, players who maybe saw limited minutes might come back a little sooner than others who saw significant minutes or might be picking up knocks. So like this was like a game that was, you know, could potentially determine some things uh, down the road for, for both teams. So I know we were excited to take a look at, the game as a whole, potentially recap a win and maybe take a look at some some individual battles. So let's uh let's run down this starting eleven, and uh, we'll start getting into the nitty gritty of all of it. For Chicago Red Stars, lining up on this day against the Washington Spirit, they had Cassie Miller and that, Tatum Malazzo, Kayla Sharple, Sarah Gordon, Aaron Wright running out the back line, uh, Sarah Wilmot, Danny Colaprico, Morgan Gutrock, Leah Watt, Rachel Hill, and Mal Pugh rounding out the eleven. Claire at this point. Feels like home. That's been the uh, starting 11 for the most part. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I think, you know, we were like, what are they going to do without Vanessa DiBernardo? Who's out with a, with a head injury. Um, but what they're going to do is play their three best midfielders. And so yeah, like, <laughs> Wilmo and Colaprico. And it was just, I thought, I actually thought Wilmo and Colaprico did great together. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in terms of vibes, I thought this game was going to be a lot more boring than it actually was. And so honestly, I don't really have commentary on the starting 11 so much more just like a kudos to the starting 11 or even to Washington's where I thought this was going to be a very methodical, like slow grindy sort of a game, but neither team, neither team strung that many passes together. It was kind of end to end. And I was like, great, let's freaking do it. You know, it got real fun real fast uh, in this game Uh, honestly uh, just to give context for some folks on the other side of the pitch um, they had Aubrey Bledsoe on that Asher Samantha Staub uh, Nielsen Hefferty running out the back line Ashley Sanchez Andy Sullivan Tori Houston run out the mid Hatch Yokoyama and Trinity Rodman to round out their 11 just just fun players going up against fun players I was super psyched to see uh, Yokoyama in the mix uh having them get the start there and then love to see a Tori Houston in the midfield for, for the, for the spirit alongside uh, Andy Sullivan. Um, Yeah. Same, same vibes. I think, I think we both kind of had similar impressions. I thought, you know, these were two midfielders or two midfields that were going to like, maybe kind of just kind of cancel each other out and like clog some things up. And we were just going to like, see this game sort of play out eventually to a draw. And then it was really funny, like as this game was going, it just like, no one was like really trying to take control right away. There was just like a lot of really fun slash uh, funny moments that were happening. And it was also kind of cool to what we know now, cause we were participating in some, um, in some post-game media with this that shed light on it a little bit, just sort of seeing how the Red Stars were gonna maybe combat this attack that that the spirit are kind of developing as as the regular season progresses with with somebody like Ashley Hatch who's in such great form, uh, Ashley Sanchez and, and Trinity Rodman who are providing uh, who are providing the speed and the and the technicality on the ball, and uh, we saw pretty quickly uh, we saw pretty quickly some of those some of the young players getting a little frustrated whether it was a whether it was Sanchez or, or Rodman specifically. Yeah, I um I have to laugh a little bit about just kind of how salty Washington felt about this game, the team and the fans, uh, a little bit like you can't do that, but Chicago was like, yeah, we can. Yeah. Um, which I, I was like, this is fun. This is fun. This is like building, building something for sure. Where, it, you know, I, I think that I do think that Washington has a legitimate issue. I think they have a legitimate complaint about um, the the penalty, which is fine. It wasn't the game winner, but um, yeah. like this feeling that, you know, Washington's kind of high flying attack and their steady midfield just like should never be disrupted or whatever. And I was just like, well, it happens. Sometimes. It happens sometimes. And Chicago played their game plan well. And, uh, I, I liked it. I did. I, I liked the, um, you know, again, just sort of in, in what Chicago is trying to do the fact that Washington kind of seems so rattled by it. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you're going to have games like this where teams are not going to let you do these fun things that you want to do. And, um, 
Yeah, I thought that was good. I I think that if Chicago has anything to kind of be really proud of, in addition to a number of nice individual performances, it's that like Washington, both in fan base and in team, walked away from that game like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, That's yeah. Way to put it. it was to like, see. the team yeah. was was upset, and and the fandom was upset, and they were reflections of each other. They were too. Uh-huh two people looking at a mirror in a lake or something Mm -hmm. like that and it was it was a little bit delightful quite frankly um because also like it helps you the bad feelings continue when uh you're the visiting side and you're feeling some type of way about the game and you go down first and like quite frankly that was like one of the silver linings for me out of this game because mal continuing to do what she's doing she just dragged a whole ton of ass like to get this opening goal and it happens in the 19th minute of the game and my immediate reaction was like hold up like is this the first like I think this is the first time that the Chicago Red Stars have scored in like the opening 20 minutes of a game in the regular season and we both just kind of like took a second to like think about it and you were just like yeah (laughs) and it just was like okay it's like well here's a fun new thing that's happening for Chicago. Uh, let's roll with it and see where it goes. Uh, and they sort of just continued to build and build and they kind of continued to execute their their game plan and, and really sort of frustrate their star midfielders and some of their attacking core and uh, extended their lead, quite frankly, at a really great time, like just ahead of halftime. And we're starting to see the Chicago Red Stars really do some cool stuff off of set piece opportunities and that is really dope from this team i agree yeah no i mean that the second goal i mean i want to go back to the first goal actually because that's good um you know you know history doesn't always repeat itself but it does rhyme sometimes and watching mallory Pugh pull that goal off and then she did, she did, she did like kind of a dance and then they did the planned celebration. Yes. And I, in the first 20 minutes of a game and you just got that feeling, man, that like 2019 feeling of how real nice that player did something amazing. Her teammates are so stoked about it. They're having fun. Yep. You know, it, it's and also just like it seems like they expect themselves to be able to do those things. Having a planned celebration is always fascinating because you always want to be you want to be professional, right? But you want to have fun. But if you have a celebration planned, that means that you are planning to score. And we've talked about Mallory Pugh having striker brain in the last couple of weeks, and she is just really focusing in on that expectation, and it's beginning to really work for her. And I think that. Chicago in the past has had strikers that do very similar things. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to win this game, but that if they can just get her one or two more people to help could be something really special. And that goal too, was real. Like um, it was also just like a real answer because for a long time here in this particular season, we've been asking that a lot. Like yeah. who's going to score the goal where like everybody feels great really it. great about yeah. it. And it's like, I, I think we saw it <laughs> like yeah. finally. And this is like, after they have scored some goals this season and uh, they'd had a, a very interesting run of, of forced own goals and Mal Pugh has gotten on the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, but this one just like sort of kind of had that vibe and had that, that feeling to it that we've been asking about and wondering about for some time. And you you love to see it, man. You love to see a planned celebration because it like is an extension of confidence yeah, absolutely. Uh, the team. And uh, that is going to be so important for this second half of the season for this team as quite frankly, like table standings and points and all that are like remaining pretty, pretty narrow. So getting this, this second goal, man, uh, we got to start talking a little bit more loudly. I think about, Kayla Sharples I think uh you know we try to do our best to talk very loudly about players who are doing uh, good things here in Chicago and I uh I think we got to start including her in that mix for I sure for her for team of the month yeah same yeah. it uh for those of us who are 
in the NWSL uh, Media Association, we do get opportunities to have a say in the teams of the month. Mm-hmm. That's really about it. That whole player of the week stuff doesn't really have yeah, anything to do with us. But uh, yeah, absolutely uh, delighted to see her continuing to really be a target um, on these set pieces and really forcing uh, players and defenders to kind of target for and really mark her and account for her on these set pieces. And uh, Rachel Hill is just having a good old time just being like, I'll clean it. (laughs) You know, and and the funny thing about Rachel Hill is that uh, I feel like in in, in a way I'm I'm happy for her but also I'm just like man you've got a real job to do which is that she is someone that they tried to kind of make more of an attacking generator and it didn't work so well so now she's really found a place on the team just running and running and running all over the dang field her defensive uh duties are vast and they basically are like we aren't necessarily, I don't know if this is intentional, but from what I'm seeing is a player whose technicality on the ball isn't quite there. So they're just going to use the other assets that they have. And that is a big part of that whole frustrate counter rush the goal, you know, sort of a mentality. And so like, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's good for her that she's gone on the end of a couple of these, you know? Um, Yeah, for sure. It kind of gave me like some, it's kind of giving me like some real threat, like fall series, like Sarah Luber like Chicago Red Stars like common threads there we're like we finally got to see a home game in 2020 and get a larger look at what exactly the Red Stars were trying to put together in terms of a Chicago attack um and just sort of seeing that that one kind of forward just being forced to cover a lot of ground and that's a that's a tough job (laughs) man uh when you're when your brain is is uh set on target mode to like hit hit these goals and then your coaching staff is like we need you to run everywhere and touch every blade of grass instead um so to sort of uh have these couple goals under her belt kind of coming off of set pieces where she's able to just kind of settle in on these set pieces and just just again being the one that's like okay okay like my defender did all this dirty work i'll clean it up it sure seems like rushing the back post works every once in a while you know Turns out. So yeah, it, it's, it's nice to see the Red Stars kind of making some things happen on these set pieces. And it was uh, really cool to see them go up to zero uh, at halftime. Uh, I don't know, Claire, some, some people say that that's like the dangerous scoreline in women's. I've, I've heard, I've heard, you know, both, both in the past and recently that um, two, nothing is the most dangerous scoreline in, uh, in soccer. And, and I mean, I've, I've said that, two nothing is arguably twice as much as one nothing sometimes it's almost one more than you would expect to be down and it's like soccer math sometimes yeah but um shout out to mares and so (laughs) the red stars have this lead going into the second half and uh no immediate you know substitutions or, or adjustments like that at all but um, if people were a little unsure if the Washington Spirit were pissed in the first half, <laughs> they came out in the second half and told everybody how pissed they were mm-hmm. uh, because it went from funny haha to like funny haha mad yeah. uh, very very quickly. Um, they absolutely wanted to take it to the <laughs> to the Red Stars there in the opening of the second half. Um, trying to press some things. Uh, we saw a little bit of a different, you know, tempo and flow mm-hmm. and that really that opening 15 minutes uh, of the second half for sure. And this, and the Red Stars, quite frankly, did a really good job of yeah. uh, sustaining it and, and kind of trying to counteract it themselves. Well, yeah, Rory James was saying that he was really happy with especially their set piece defending because they not only, Washington not only has good corner kick, weapons but they have that long throw when they're in the attacking third as well and so that kind of turns into an extra set piece opportunity for them and yeah Roy was happy with with how they defended how they defended that stuff uh shout out to we 
look, shout out to Trinity Rodman. Uh, we're not going to sugarcoat it. She's a player that we have enjoyed sure. watching play. Uh, during that's why the- we, she's like the future that's brighter than the past, right? She's in, she yeah. is that. Yeah. We're, we're enjoying it. And, uh, it sucks to get uh, dunked on anytime, uh, but, uh, watching this happen was just equally a, a delight. It was just like, well, you hate to see it, yeah. make sure it doesn't happen again. And it didn't happen again. So in the 71st minute, uh, Rodman pulls one back for, Washington spirit and kind of, you know, causes a lot of chaos there in the back. Uh, Cassie Miller makes a choice, uh, whether it was too soon or too late. That's for, that's for people. I, I understand what happened to her though, because it, it was something where she, from our stance, from our point of view, she did actually have time, I think to cut that ball off, but she would have had to come out of the box. Yes. And so I under, I just understand that thought of like, this could be so bad if I yeah, do it's this. A, it's and a choice. So she, so she just got, kind of got caught in space. And yeah, I yeah. mean, Sarah Gordon says she was really disappointed in that moment uh, for herself after the match. And it is the kind of thing where Chicago's prone to like one of those every couple of games or get much better than they were at the beginning of the season. Yep. But um, the soft back pass is, is something that haunts them a little bit, I think. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was good to like have um, it was good to have some post game access to, to the defenders. Like we chatted with with Aaron Wright a little bit. We chatted with Sarah Gordon in the post game and talking about like defensive performances over this particular um, Olympic stretch of games. Um, Gordon, obviously not, not happy with that, uh, but like thrilled with like the development between, between her and Sharples uh, over the last few weeks, kind of saying that how they're just kind of two different players when it comes to those center back positions. And it's actually kind of helped balance each other out um, at times. And, and Aaron Wright kind of, um, you know, expressing that they're happy with ultimately how their defensive plan played out because they were tasked with kind of frustrating those uh, attackers and uh, it came came to play out uh, in the match even even with Rodman uh, getting one back for the spirit yeah no I think I mean it is a similar thing we talked about it with Bethany Balser even in that OL rain game that Chicago did win where sometimes I mean Chicago plays with a pretty stretched defense when they're in the attack and so they do get exposed on def- on on in defensive transition sometimes and it is just a very particular thing where in the NWSL you have a lot of strikers I mean Sam Kerr did this all the time where they'll just sit on the hip of the center back and if the center back either doesn't know they're there or is too aware that they're there they will either truck truck that center back over knock them over and 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 hit the ball or they'll very nicely like rodman did just kind of overpower briefly and uh and round them and so i think that uh yeah it's just something that chicago that happens in chicago every once in a while and it's kind of funny because yeah their defense has been much better but just some of the the goals themselves have been a little bit embarrassing but um yeah i mean talking in the grander scheme well I don't know like if we want to go through the rest of the game that uh, no I mean you know look at this point it, it's it's what she got the goal in the 70th minute or yeah. so and at this point it, it's 2-0 mm-hmm. uh the Red Stars 2-1 excuse yeah. me once once she gets that goal and it's like you know we know who this team is they can get into a pretty um defensive like organized shape when they need to yeah. even if they have the lead and have happened to like let something like that happen but uh just like an interesting sequence of events they looked like they were starting to get kind of in that more organized shape and then all of a sudden they just happened to have a moment in uh their opposition's half and there was a penalty kick that was issued uh it was given for handling uh they kind of seem like chicago got a free goal out of this called on it was given for handling uh called on on sam stop uh uh, the spirit continued to be very mad uh, up until that point and and continued to be upset about that call as well um and yeah shout out to morgan gatra again another player that we need to be real loud about i think quite frankly um been doing a lot of great stuff for this team all year I think especially in light of this Olympic stretch and turns out she's also become their go-to penalty kick uh, taker which is kind of a big deal if you're actually going to be given a penalty kick in this league Um, so shout out to her she's in my opinion having a very quiet MVP-esque like season for Chicago and she put it away and that's how they ended up going up 3-1. Yeah I mean I think it is kind of funny right because we do try to make noise when we can 
from our perspective of people who watch this team closely, but I think maybe just maybe it's bandwidth or maybe it just didn't seem worth doing. Um, when you talk about the U S and I think we, we both talk about how, like we, sometimes we just get frustrated with the constant U S talk anyway. Um, but I don't think I legitimately do not think that you can make a lot of noise for Andy Sullivan and not in the same breath, make a lot of noise for Morgan Gatra. Cause it's the same yes. thing. It's the same thing. Um, yep. and in fact, you know, you look at some of the struggles of the U S uh, in this tournament and you remember way back when when they had a 22 year old kid out of Virginia who oh turned that tournament around in 2015 and so I just we should keep talking about it because it's worth talking about not only in that this is the best club season she's ever had no doubt but she wore the captain's armband yep. with Vanessa Bernardo out and that matters the fact that she is growing into a leadership role. She's been very consistent for the team playing three different positions, by the way, yep. she plays the six, the eight and the 10. Yep. And she can sink. She's so chill. Sometimes it seems like she's about to fall through the floor. So she sinks that penalty. Like it's nothing. She's got two really nice penalties this season. And this is where I want to talk about the red stars went three oh and one in the month of july and that one again ugh, that was a, it was a tough game it was a tough game yeah. they they were upset about that game not because they think it wasn't fair but just like they were in it you know um that is the second best record of the month behind portland correct they did all of that without their u.s players yep and that is different than what we saw in 2019 and i really want to celebrate that because what Morgan Gatra did, what Kayla Sharples did, what Sarah Gordon did, Cassie Miller really stepped up. Aaron Wright stepped up. Mallory Pugh stepped up. Like we saw the whole team. And again, maybe it is just like the shocking loss of the captain in the first game of the season just changes the way you feel about some of these stretches. Yeah. And it was that, I mean, this game, the one where it felt in hand the whole time maybe yeah. is the reward. Because the games that they've won over that month frequently from losing positions, right? Um, but this one, this was like, oh, so like this is actually turning into something. And I want to like savor that because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when everybody comes back. Yeah, you know, that's, um, it's not uncommon, you know, for a particular flow, a particular um, chemistry to maybe be disrupted. You know, we we see that happen in, on both sides of the spectrum. You know, whether it's like a team that has figured their things out, missing key players like the Chicago Red Stars, you know, or, you know, a team that hasn't, <laughs> you know, just, it's just, it's just two sides of, of the coin. And we've seen both those sides of the coin uh, with this team. So it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how these national team players, when they make their return, how they're folded in uh, into the mix. They also just went through something really hard. So it absolutely. might take a second, you know, it will absolutely take a second. Also, I mean, quite frankly, um, you know, you don't know until you know, and when you, you know, get a second to settle into your body who knows how they're going to feel coming back uh julie Ertz played consecutive minutes in five straight games after coming off of the bench in the opening match day against sweden um we already know about a listener having to uh need some extra time for her knee um and Turner Davidson started to, to get some consecutive starts uh, towards the end there. So who knows is what I'm saying. So it's very important that uh, this team has developed a, a very good chemistry at the moment uh, where they are able to get up for match day uh, week in and week out. Um, but that's still maybe something that's going to be on the horizon for them because maybe it's a good transition looking ahead of this Orlando game as we preview it a little bit. Um, that's not something that they necessarily have to worry about this week. Uh, they're going to have another go around uh, with this squad, with the, with this personnel until going up against a Orlando side that, you know, quite frankly, may or may not 
um, have, you know, an injection of a little legend named Marta. You know, I know Brazilians are, are back in market with their respective clubs. Um, but again, how, how much or how little we're going to see of somebody like Marta might also dictate some things for Orlando Pride. You know, they're, they're going through an interesting um, transition themselves. You know, they got a new interim head coach, Becky Burley. We've, we heard a lot of, a lot of, a uh, lot of quotes uh, from veteran players out of the Orlando pride, really praise, um, praise for, for this uh, new situation that they're in with an interim head coach and Becky Burley. So uh, there, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, they also, uh, you know, haven't been looking like they've struggled as much in the midfield as of late. So whereas really early on, as they lost a lot of their internationals, they were, they kind of got hit with a little bit of an injury bug. Um, Vigiano was out for a long time. Tim Rack was kind of like in and out, right. but now these players are kind of looking like they're working their way back into form. So yeah. seeing Vigiano get some consistent minutes, shout out to the Wildcats, um, seeing Tim Rack kind of just have her resurgence, uh, quite frankly, with this pride team. Um, and they're like, on a they're like on a weird streak, you know, they're, they're windless yeah. in like the last five or six. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like, I feel like this team might be coming in here with like a little bit of a weird chip on their shoulder. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. I'm sure they're tired. They're on the road last mm-hmm. week too. It's a road, not a road trip, but two away games consecutively. Mm-hmm. They've had a managing change. And the issue with two road games in a row is that you're probably not getting a lot of training time. So I think that Burley, I certainly an infusion of energy with, with Burley coming in, but not necessarily like a change in the squad yet, just because she hasn't had time to really input that. And you don't want to do too much of that midseason. You can make like little tweaks, but you don't want to mess with anybody's flow. Sydney LaRue has been very good, but she is being let down by her midfield. If Marta comes back, that will help a lot. They still haven't totally figured out what to do with Taylor Korniak yet. Um, just lots of stuff. Jody Taylor plays for the pride now. Uh, it's all happening. So we'll see either, either it's going to be kind of, Oh, I think it could be a really fun game. We have like yeah. Chicago hasn't even played Orlando yet. This is the first yeah. time all season. Yep. Um, so we'll see, they're going to get some looks on some stuff that they haven't seen yet. And I know that what we've seen from Chicago is that they've been much better in their second or third game against the team rather than their first. Yeah. So we'll find out, I guess. Also, quite frankly, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. <laughs> it's going to be like high eighties, right? It's going to be like nineties. Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be hidden. Like, I think they're going to be breaking nineties. Um, come Sunday unless that changes over the next few days yeah, which right, might. Now it's, right now it's about like right at 90 yeah yeah which it might change quite frankly we, we don't know but it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot one it's gonna be a tough one I I'm, I'm not too sure what's gonna come out of this game this is a real game of unknowns for me quite frankly um because I know what what's going on with the Red Stars and I can look at the Orlando Pride objectively and kind of know what's going on with them but again this is the first meeting between the two sides so I'm not really too sure what we're going to expect uh between both these uh both these teams when they hit the pitch because I mean along with all of the uh the new looks that they're both going to be getting from each other I mean it's also like a new uh head coaching uh battle that we're also going to be paying attention to on the sideline and those are always fun for us too they're all Um, friends though dames and burley they know each other so like that kind of stuff, it always kind of feeds, you know, maybe a little bit of a better game. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. So I think for now, um, I, I think if we're going for like players that we want to look to have like an impact, I, I, I'm loving what's happened, what's happened with this team, um, during this Olympic stretch of game. It's, it's, it's been, it was a fun July, man. It was a real, real fun July. Um, they kicked off their August in a really, a really fun kind of way as well. Um, and I want to see that going for, a little longer um or at least as long as they can keep it before they start integrating um their big their big name players back into the mix um so i would like to to see another another strong game in the center back pairing from from gordon and, and sharples um together and seeing how how they kind of work um and i want to you know continue to see like this this very solid steady uh, quiet MVP performance uh, from Morgan Gatra. I want to keep seeing that. What are you going to be looking for, Claire? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still, we're still all waiting, I think, for Kalia Watt to get a good one. Um, she she has, like, her role up top 
is very useful. She opens up a lot of space for, for Mallory Pugh. Um, she is able to move things on the wings, but just sometimes that final moment hasn't been there and, and she's a little bit, been a little bit defendable. So would always love to see a breakout game from her, but I think the name actually I'm going to shout out here is um, Tatum Malazzo. Let's get it. She's been a big part of this as well. And she came in, you know, she's a rookie, right? Full rookie uh, undrafted. Right. So just kind of comes in with, I mean, I just gusto, let's say that. Um, And is given a huge task this season just because of sort of the way that Bianca St. George's year has gone, they needed Malazzo quite a lot. And she is someone who at times has looked like a rookie. And, but also like we saw in the, in this last game, she becomes less and less a rookie every game she plays. And so I think that she is someone that other teams target sometimes. And I think that through, you know, effort and awareness, she's done a pretty good job with that. And I think that she also is, Again, it's just fun, kind of young energy. She she guns towards goal sometimes too. Um, and I think that that's nice. So I think that probably if I was going to say one player that I would like to have another building game, I would say Tatum Malazzo. For sure. I'm looking forward to all of it. Uh, hopefully we can recap another win uh, for this team and they continue the strong uh, Chicago summer vibes uh, going through the remainder of August. Uh, going to hit the congrats once again. For all the Chicago Red Stars Olympians, uh, going to hit the congrats once again for the Red Stars for having a strong summer. Uh, folks, if you have enjoyed this uh, lengthy episode, if you enjoy the content that we've been bringing to you guys during the Olympics and during the NWSL season covering the Red Stars, I just want to let you know that there's a number of ways that you can continue your support of our work here at Southside Trap, and that is uh, the best way to do that is by going directly to Patreon and following our patron at Southside Trap. And you can find a subscription, find a tier that works for you. We've got several, some that start at $2, go all the way up to $25. Um, take a look at the perks. They have many. Uh, if for whatever reason, supporting financially is not something that you're able to do right now because things are hard all over, we get it. We understand. Just going to let you know that there are a ton of other ways to continue that support. You can do that by following us on our uh, social media channels with Southside Chat Pod with one letter P. And uh, you can go ahead and find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. And uh, if you find us, like us, rate us, leave us a review, that stuff always helps us out so much whenever we're continuing uh, making these podcast episodes for you all. So everyone, be safe, uh, stay cool, wear your mask when asked, get vaccinated when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, Continue your support of Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all soon to recap Chicago and Orlando.